recording for the next episode okay. the season finale the big finish dun, 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 dun. I'm ready when you are. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm ready. Welcome back to Dad's Meat World. One last time in season two. One last time in seventh grade. Quote unquote, seventh grade. I <laughs> am one of your uh, dads. I'm Tyler. I am joined by your other dad. Apparently, the pooper scooper this week. Dad number two, Brett. <laughs> I like how that's catching on for us. That is. That'll yes, be a shirt. Uh, we're here to do our regular weekly deep dive into that classic show known as Boy Meets World. And Brett. Uh, I feel like we've been waiting for this moment all season. That That's moment right. of what's happening next season. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's that awkward getting into the new realm of this show. Because there's there's such a difference between season one to season two. And season two is kind of this preamble into what the show is going to become. And the characters, like the actors themselves figuring out who these people are mm -hmm. and the writers being able to write better for them. And all in all, we're when we're done with this episode, we're, we're heading into truly greener passage and I am so excited. Can't wait, but this is also a good episode and I want to talk about it with you, Brett. I agree. <laughs> yeah. So Brett, what's new with you? What's going on? What's happening? Oh, you know, it's been a long week. And it's only Monday. <laughs> yep. Got back from Fair. vacation, getting back in the swing of things at work, getting ready for another vacation. Because boo. we're gonna, yeah, boo. Uh, going to take a vacation with just the wife and I. Uh, kind of a a delayed reward for her. Uh, graduated with her uh, master's degree for uh, social work. So uh, I'm spending this week. Uh, getting back into the groove at my day job and setting stuff up to take place while I'm gone for the week after that and for stuff to come back after I get back. So <laughs> a lot of that type of stuff going on. And at the same time, I've already started working on some artistic stuff for season three of Dad's Meat World. So that's Ooh. been interesting as well. <laughs> Yes, I I've already, wait for that. already started updating our apparel for the artwork, the official artwork for Dad's Meat World. <laughs> one, or, one of us may or may not have a leather jacket on next season. <gasps> How about you, Tyler? How's this week going? <laughs> uh, it's going all right. I, uh, I, what I need to talk to you about, Brett, is... It's a it's a personal complaint. Well, um, let me guess. Is it? No, no. Docs are fine. <laughs> They're people too. My complaint is is while we were on vacation, I'm, I I've been stewing over this for a while now, and you know, a certain show that my my son and my wife and I I occasionally enjoy <laughs> as well uh, had some new episodes drop, and is a big deal, and just your family. 
who never watched Bluey before this <laughs> just got sucked into it. And my personal little, uh, you know, uh, annoyance <laughs> grew into <laughs> vacation time where people were sucked into watching Bluey nonstop. <laughs> and I like Bluey, but oh my God. <laughs> So much Bluey happened on this trip to a part that I'm annoyed by it. I haven't even seen all the new episodes, and I'm annoyed. I don't even know if I want to watch them. Uh, and, you know, I, I was only around for maybe a third of all the Bluey watching, too. So <laughs> a lot of that happened when I wasn't in the room, too. <laughs> yeah. So I just, just so much Bluey. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, I have to say, uh, going from <laughs> the last night, when, well, not the last night, but the, the night prior, when we watched Justice League, like all the way through, when I turned off Bluey and went to Justice League, <laughs> watching your son's face reacting to that was just priceless. <laughs> just, I watched him turn to him and go, he didn't even ask me what I wanted to watch. <laughs> I can't believe he put this on. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, Asher. And I was sitting there looking at you like, are you going to say turn it off? If you're not going to say turn it off, I'm not turning this off. We're watching this thing. You didn't say anything. And your wife didn't say anything. I'm like, well, I guess we're doing this. Yep. And I was like, well, um, Asher, uh, really, it's bedtime for you, bud. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the thing. It's like Grayson already went off to bed. And like, we knew Asher. I knew Asher was soon off to bed mm -hmm. as well. <laughs> just maybe giggle just watching his reaction. It's like, I wasn't done. <laughs> Yeah, you were. <laughs> and to be direct, Grayson, I'm not laughing at Asher. I'm laughing at everything. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just so much bluey, so much good times. But hey, we got to watch four hours of one of our favorite movies and had a good time with it. So That's right. And hey, who knows good looking people you might be hearing some recordings of that. About maybe, our experiences maybe with that. Maybe there's something that we did yeah, while we were there. Might, maybe not. Maybe might be know. a side gig there coming up. You know, never know. Maybe who's who's to say, Brett? Who's to say? We may or may not have recorded at least three hours worth of uh, material about that. <laughs> who, who is to say though? <laughs> maybe the guy I did that giggle because my wife it. was like, "What did you guys record while we were away?" I go, "Don't worry about it." <laughs> Forget about it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's look at what we're going to see tonight, this week, this afternoon, this morning, whenever you're listening, even if it's three in the morning. This episode is the season finale, episode 23 of season two, simply titled Home. After staying with Corey's family for three weeks and not exactly fitting in, Sean searches for a more permanent home. Meanwhile, Feeney takes advantage of the fact that Eric needs help to study for the SATs by making him do yard work. This episode was written by Jeff C. Sherman, directed by David Kendall, Originally aired May 19th, 1995, and currently enjoys an 8.2 rating on IMDb. 
I'm sorry. Could you repeat that? Directed by David Kendall. Because that's not David Trainer. That is not David Trainer. No, it is one of I believe three episodes throughout the first two seasons that wasn't David Trainer. And there will be a uh, handful yeah. <laughs> more. David kind of phases out somewhat by the time we get into seasons four, really. Right. Uh, season three and four will begin to really phase out of David Trainer. Well, I, I know he's he's done interviews before and talked about this openly, but just he could feel that the show was going away from what it initially was pitched as. Mm-hmm. And he knew, like, OK, my time is moving on. Mm-hmm. And that's wise. Um, I mean, it's not it's just because they're going into more relationship stuff and he didn't really feel yeah. as comfortable trying to direct these children that he knew. And he's like, I need these guys to have adults coming in that don't know them as the little kids that <laughs> was yeah, in the pilot. It's, it's a very wise uh, approach for him to have. Yes. Right. So uh, let's play everyone's favorite game show. Vast emotional damage. It's got to be 19. <laughs> Last week's uh, Nielsen rating was 15.1. And here we are, a season two finale. Tyler's locking in his guess at 19 million for his Nielsen rating. 14.2. How is it possible? We actually lost almost a full million from last week. I can't believe that. You know, maybe for next season, you may need to give me a couple of choices or you're just enjoying seeing how far off I truly am. I can't tell which one is better. Yes, yes. Uh, It's good looking people. Let me know. Do you actually want me to have a fighting chance at this game or do you just enjoy hearing me just completely (laughs) not know what's going on and just throwing out random numbers? Yeah. Throw it in the comments somewhere or send us an email. Let us know. (laughs) Well, that is the setup for home. We start this episode in the boys room and we we feel the just position right away of Sean's in the bathroom and <laughs> Corey and, and Eric kind of messing with each other a little bit, like being, almost being more snappy at one another, like they're both stressed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, Eric is super stressed about the SATs. Corey is just on edge because his best friend's there and Mm -hmm. just monopolizing things like the bathroom. And yep, like his best friend is more of an inconvenience right now. Yes. So it's like (laughs) they got another brother. (laughs) (laughs) It's really just one people too many. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It really is. Um, And we go downstairs and discover that uh, apparently Amy has bought some clothes for Sean. And uh, it's similar clothes to what she is bought in Corey, apparently. <laughs> and Sean doesn't know how to feel about it. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. Now, um, while, while we're in the kitchen, though, before we get to Sean's uh, clothing, I want to take a step back here. Because, uh, well, first, I want to I point back to two things. One, apparently facial hair really comes in early for the Hunter family. Because there's this fun little visual gag of Sean shaving for the day. And he's shaving parts of his face that I've never had to shave. <laughs> no. <laughs> but it's great. Good looking people. Check well, it he out. He also says his, his mother's side, it comes in. Yes. 
So there's another fun little element of Verna that we'll we uh, find out. Yeah. But also, but, okay, I'll just say this real quick <laughs> before I forget this again because I I thought about this all last episode. I thought of, I've been thinking about it all week. Um, when Verna took their vehicle, mm-hmm. she took everything that Sean owns. Yes. So, like, she didn't think to, like, put out at least Sean's stuff so that he could have clothes for things and mm-hmm. all his favorite stuff. She just took everything. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, I wonder. That is crazy. I don't want to start there, but, like, that's, it's, it's, it has to be said that literally all of Sean's stuff is not in his possession right now. Yeah, everything he owns in the world was on his body at that moment when she left or in his backpack. So, uh, and and I wonder. I've wondered this for years, and I, I I don't remember off the top of my head, but either Verna was a very selfish woman, or Verna had some mental health issues that were undiagnosed or at least untreated. Could be both. Yeah, it definitely could be both. But, um, but before we get to the clothing, there is one fairly significant. Uh, moment. It's a quiet moment that we must address. Um, uh, Morgan is eating ice cream for breakfast, and yes, it's nutrition trips, nutritional tips from the Hunter family. Uh, because Sean has ice cream for breakfast, and Alan bribes Morgan to leave the kitchen for a buck. When Morgan walks out of the room, this is the last time we will ever see Lily Gibson on Boy Meets World. This is the last time Morgan will show up for episodes. So, for a while. <laughs> sayonara, and thank you so much for your service, Lily Gibson. You have been a fantastic Morgan for us for nearly two full seasons. And I just didn't want to let her leave screen without pointing this out. You know, I'd like to see more of her and less of him. <laughs> She was so adorable and she did her job so well. And it makes me sad that like she was so young and just didn't want to be there anymore. Mm -hmm. And I love that they were able to bring her in, have her do like a quick scene, let her be cute and then walk away. And I guess in my head, she disappears a lot sooner just because they're being in and out, in and out, in and out. But, you know, uh, eventually things will write its course with Morgan, but just... Her being adorable is always amazing and well appreciated. So, and she did a oh, great yes. job. She did. And the undead are cool. Yep. You got a problem with that? <laughs> but Morgan will be missed. So, but yes, wanted to wanted to make sure we didn't miss that. Uh, so, yes, Amy has bought clothes for Sean, identical to course, but not just bought clothes. She repaired Sean's clothes too. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Those jeans. And she is marking all of Sean's milk and juice and everything with a big old... So many containers. So many. (laughs) Because as Sean says... (laughs) Dad has this saying, The cup! Who are you trying to impress? I do love the folksy charm and... uh, wit of Chet. So whenever I can include those Chet sayings, I will. (laughs) I think what helps now is because we do have the actor Chet established when Sean makes a 
thing about his dad, he can do an impersonation of him. And yes. his impersonation is always hilarious. <laughs> and it just it becomes more real in a way and defines that that character better. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> regardless of what happens, regardless of what happens next season, he'll always be desiring for his dad to be more active in his life. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you, Lily, for your services. And if you want to come talk about your experience, we'd love to have you. <laughs> I just I love that Alan and Amy have this conversation in the kitchen of just both of them are kind of frustrated. Both of them are upset and disappointed mm-hmm. and they're not mad at Sean. It's just the situation that they're in. Yeah. But if Sean walks into this, it wouldn't be hard for him to assume that the Matthews just don't want him around. Yeah. And it's not the case. It's just literally was put on his doorstep, their doorstep, and he's just, they're all trying to make the best of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, I do love that he then gets to school and we uh, discover <laughs> that he cut up the uh, hoodie. <laughs> yeah. And there's uh, I, w- I want to share uh, this conversation he has with Corey. Sean, is that the new shirt my mom gave you? Yeah. Looks all right now, huh? <laughs> do you know what she's going to do when she sees that? My guess is clean it, sew it back together, and put an S on it. <laughs> she's just trying to be nice to you. And I'm just trying to get through this thing without making any waves. Yes. Matthews, how's it working out with Hunter? Terrific. Great. I mean, we're best friends. Listen, if anything comes up and the office stands, you call me at home anytime you need to, okay? Giving your home number to students? Come on, George. Hunter's going through a tough time, and I'm his teacher. Yes, you're his teacher, and only his teacher. You do well to remember that. Hold on. You're always getting involved with the Matthews kids. Eric Locker! (laughs) An unfortunate consequence of living next door. No. I... I want to get into that. But before then, I do love that uh, Miss Thompson and and him are having this small moment of her leaving something over there, testing mm-hmm. to see if he'll accept it as is or if he'll rush to give it back to her. And he clearly failed that test. Um, mm-hmm. There's no way around it. And I love that Feeney is like there and just wondering like what's going on. And then Jonathan, once he realizes what he stepped into, he's like, oh, um. <laughs> Okay. Clearly a subject. Let's change the subject. <laughs> yes. um, but then once the two of them are having this conversation of what it means to be involved in their students' lives, how what is that line for student to teacher? Mm-hmm. And I love that Turner's trying to throw it back. Like, you're always involved in the Matthews is. Like, you are everything that goes on over there. Like, you are involved. And he's like, yeah, they are my neighbors. And it's basically like based on proxy of distance. Like mm-hmm. if they weren't neighbors, he wouldn't be involved. If he didn't know Corey since the day he was born, he wouldn't <laughs> care as much. Yep. So, but also loving that he is protective. <laughs> of Eric <laughs> Which I mean, it's, it's an open locker door. It's not that heavy. Eric could have easily not been, injured at all so he didn't have to interfere you and i both know that if eric hit that he'd hit it hard and fall and hurt himself (laughs) 
Yeah, he would. <laughs> yeah, but again, it's it's it is sowing the seeds of Eric or um, Sean is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Turner wants to do something, and there's just such a gray right now of what what is the best option for this kid, and what's the best for Turner's life moving forward. Mm-hmm. Because as much as Miss Tompkins is trying to get a commitment out of him, he's really not putting forth the effort to say yes. Put that effort in with me. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Uh... <laughs> Sorry, I just saw the Eric Locker. <laughs> One of the things we're, we're learning is that Eric is not doing well for his prep. And it's almost you like he's he's trying too hard, if you will. It's almost like he's mm-hmm. a grocer who's coming to give a career advice and he's <laughs> he's doing not well. To the point where he misspells his own name on the practice test. Yeah. And this is the point that we we start to learn that uh, Feeney has some secrets that he could uh, dispel to him, but it's going to cost him. Mm-hmm. But before we get to the secrets, Eric uh, in the living or in the kitchen uh, decides that uh, there's not enough air inside, and they need to get outside. Him and Jason, good old H two O, and Jason is decides that's just enough for him for the night he's going home and this is the last time we will ever see jason marsden on boy meets world this is the curtain call for jason marsden thank you for two seasons of being eric's best friend and a great comedic foil (laughs) just wanted to point that out share that out for all of you good looking people okay that's just logic that's getting in our way there's some Again, great it just Jason moments. It feels like this is a character that we didn't get enough time with, yet we felt like we had so much time with. Mm-hmm. It's a shame his time is over. It is. It does feel like it's too too soon, and mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, once if, you realize how little of the show he's actually in, you're like, oh, I thought he was in so much more. Yeah, and uh, I mean, we're talking like a season and a half. Uh, appearances over a season and a half at, at best and you know i i don't know because i know he also went on to a larger role on step by step uh, step by step <laughs> day by day and so i i don't know if that was a behind the scenes thing where it, his role on step by step was just growing as a result or it was growing and that he didn't have the time to split between the two or if there was something else behind the scenes, but I really would have loved even just one more season through high school to have him be with Eric through the senior year. Well, I mean, the, the implications kind of are that I think Jason graduates. It doesn't make it clear that he's a year older than him. They make it seem like they're both the same age, but maybe he graduates early or he gets he goes to a different school. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Like it happens. People do get transferred going into their senior year. It sucks, Mm -hmm. but it happens. Um, But I what I appreciate about Jason is it gave a different dynamic for Eric. We've said this before. And I do wish that we got more of an antagonisticness towards Corey <laughs> and what Eric does in that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we missed out on those type of moments because he mm-hmm. played a good I'm being a jerk to your little brother and Eric was just fine with it. Yeah. So it would have been interesting. 
if we could have done more of this, but we had to get the, you know, Harley and that Harley. Yep. <laughs> had to. Yeah. It's a requirement. So Feeney's got secrets for a price. It does. Three secrets, in fact. Yes. Secrets so great that they would, uh, how, how did he phrase it, would unravel the entire college screening process as we know it. <laughs> oh, Feeney. I love Feeney how, and your scams. How Eric, when he realizes that Feeney's trying to hint at some sort of payment, he just reaches in for the wallet. And then just those small gestures, Feeney, you know, oh, no, 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 no. Hushes the lips, and then they, they go for a handshake. Just some great stuff there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's that display of great acting between the two of them and their mm-hmm. relationship and chemistry they really have. Oh, yeah. We do get to uh, Sean being uh, apparently called by a wild dog. Mm-hmm. Or stray dog, if you will. Yep. And uh, Corey and Sean having two different understandings of what the stray dog is howling about or barking about. And Sean decides that he's out of here. He's going to take himself out for a walk. And that's what Corey is supposed to tell Alan and Amy if they ask where he went. Yeah. Quite frankly, I'm kind of surprised that he lasted three weeks in the Matthews house before he took himself I, for a walk. I am, too. Um, I know they needed to say the three weeks to kind of gauge of that, but I feel like he should have left days afterwards. Like there's mm-hmm. no way around that he could have kept three weeks like that. But you know, episode has the episode. Yep. And now, Brett, we get to the important scene of the ep- of the uh, uh, whole yes. episode. This this is uh actually this uh, Turner and and Miss Tompkins cat on a date, and this is where I was the last episode where I was getting some conversations uh, mixed up. Mister Turner, Jonathan, and Cat. I'm just gonna go with their first names because this is an adult conversation they're having. <laughs> Jonathan and Cat are talking, and. She is, uh, we, we, we get some clear numbers here. They've been together for four months. They've been dating for four months. And she is looking for a commitment. She is looking, and th- this is not reading between the lines. This is dialogue on the page. This is acting in front of the camera. This is right there for anyone in the room, right there for John and, and Kat. And I mean, not, not, knocking anyone on on the couch here but also putting some uh, putting some context to where we were last episode with John and Cat and John's reluctance and and here with John's reluctance too um, and we'll see some more next season John does seem to have a streak where he is hesitant to commit but after 4 months Cat's looking for a commitment she's looking for something real potentially a marriage commitment and she wants John to look her in the eyes and she wants to know, do you love me? You know, and, and there's there's this fun I, I clipped it where he gives her a compliment uh, about how nice her eyes are. And she gets uh, basically goes from nice eyes to do you think you could marry me? And, and it's a do you, how do you get that from that? And or oh, he says I could look in your eyes forever. Which, granted, the way the conversations we've seen, I can understand why Cat is going in that mind uh, on that wavelength. But uh, you take a compliment worse than any woman I've ever met. 
I'm just going to say like this, Brett, and you can tell me, no, I'm wrong, but Jonathan Turner as a person seems Mm -hmm. to be the type of guy who he plays the boyfriend role very well. He Mm -hmm. knows the things to say to get women to kind of stick around. And so he's not really having like one night stands or anything like that. Like he has relationships, but like they always fizzle out. Well, why do they fizzle out? Well, because he says things and never really lives up to those things mm-hmm. like you don't tell someone i can look into your eyes forever unless there's a desire to marry and die looking into those eyes mm-hmm. yeah and i will uh, I, i've got two i've got two thoughts in my head and i'm trying to i'm trying to flesh them out at the same time on the one hand in in uh in cat's defense he is you know like you say he, he's saying the right things he is playing the boyfriend well. Um, you know, we've seen him as a character. We have been given all of the right uh, cues to say this is this is effectively kind of a ladies' man. He is a bachelor. He is you know you look at his apartment. He can cook. He is he's got good music. He is well groomed. He's the he's a catch. And he's saying the right things to Cat. You can see they've gone from dating to getting closer. You know, the the emotional intimacy seems to be there, but the commitment's not there. In Jonathan's defense, now granted, this is nothing on this current writing team, but next season we're gonna find out Jonathan was a heartbeat away from marriage next season in his past. So it's not like it's a foreign concept to him. I say that with knowledge that the writing staff at this point did not have, but as a as a fully fleshed out character. And at the same time, this is a four month old relationship. Now, when I was dating Kelly, we were engaged within six months of dating. We were married a little over a year, one about 14 months after we started dating, 14, 15 months after we started dating. A little different for me than Jonathan. But at four months, I don't know if I would be expecting in Jonathan's shoes to have that conversation at four months in of, are we going to be getting married or are we just having fun? Define the relationship, sure, but... It might be asking a lot to throw that out there of, are we getting married? Uh, I mean, I interpreted her conversation and her questioning, not like, are you going to propose to me within a week? More (laughs) just of like, hey, where do you see this going? Mm -hmm. If you see this going towards marriage, I'm sticking around. If you see us together having kids, like if that's what you're thinking and planning just tell me that. Just say, I see a future with you. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, let's not beat around the bush. Like, mm-hmm. well, she makes a know. good point. They're both, they're not spring chickens. They're not necessarily right. young. Right. Well, for both of them, especially in the 90s, if they're to get married and have kids, they may have to have kids first so they could actually have them and not worry about, you know, certain things that come along with a. Uh, <laughs> Oh, what's the word? Um, I'm trying to think of what it's called. 
Oh, gosh, that's going to annoy the crap out of me so much. Basically, uh, when someone who is older has a baby, it's called a specific thing that always makes people feel very uncomfortable. I can't think of it off the top of my head right now. But basically, when someone is in the late 30s, closer into the 40s, there is more danger in that pregnancy uh, for mm. both mom and also potential baby. So... I have to look up what it's called now. It's going to drive me crazy this whole time if I don't. Geriatric. Yes. Pregnancies after 35 could be considered a, a geriatric yeah. pregnancy. And I don't think they're necessarily that old. I, I picture them as mid to late 20s at this point. Right. But the 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 argument does stand. You know, even if they get married now, they could be looking at potentially still being in that mindset of, having a family as she gets to that point. Yeah. Well, and again, I think this is a conversation that should have happened weeks ago, months ago, probably like they both could just be in such that span of like, well, we're trying to date, we're trying to keep things casual. We're not trying to put any pressure on ourselves. And potentially for Jonathan, it is, I almost got married to the wrong person once. Do I want to do that again? Mm-hmm. And he wants to keep things as casual and as loose as long as possible to the point of her doing tests and him failing it. <laughs> and I do love the fact that she decides to step away. Mm -hmm. um, it makes me sad because I wish she didn't, but she had to do what she had to do. Yep. When well, you got that from that. So anyway, uh, they do get interrupted. Also, real quick, good-looking people, you need to have these type of important conversations. They need to happen yes. earlier than than later, and you want to make sure you're communicating so you know where people are. Yes, don't don't hear what I'm not saying, good-looking people. Even though yes. I bring up the point that this is a four-month-old relationship, and in what little we get to see of it on screen, it does seem like that is a giant leap you do need to have those types of conversations <laughs> and of course the, there's a knock on the door luckily for Jonathan so he goes and answers it <laughs> two episodes in a row saved by yeah. the knock and it's Sean with a cop, with a cop. <laughs> this officer is played by Ivory Ocean that is a fantastic name I have to say mm -hmm. Ivory Ocean First and only time we're going to see him on Boy Meets World, sadly. Uh, he did pass away in 2011. Oh. Uh, 46 acting credits to his name, including Roseanne, Growing Pains, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Blossom, The Mask. He was the mayor in of, of Edge City in The Mask. Interesting. Yeah. I have to rewatch that movie. Seinfeld, ER, NYPD Blues, Sliders, and more. Nice. Um I do love this juxtaposition that now Mr. Turner is in, Jonathan is in, mm -hmm. of someone asking, do you see a future? Are you willing to commit to me? Mm -hmm. And this child who is hurting and desperately needs help and won't say that he needs help, mm -hmm. but he knows he does. Yeah, it's it's not the it's not the person asking for a commitment that he's going to be willing to make a commitment to. It's it's the right. one well, who's, I mean, who's and, not. <laughs> right. And I don't think she had to leave and walk away forever, but I do think this is a good her understanding of you're going to avoid this conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, and 
he, she, he easily could have said, yes, officer, he's going to go straight back to his room right away, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, I have to have a, meet her and I have to finish our conversation. And it's almost like he used this as an opportunity to avoid it altogether. Yeah. So, uh, cat, cat does leave, uh, Darlene Vogel. This is a series of character. Yes. Last time we're ever going to see cat or Darlene Vogel on boy meets world. Again, I thought she was in the show so much longer. Mm-hmm. Yep. But no more her after this week. So, uh, Kat, not not as much uh, from you as we got from uh, Jason or Morgan. But uh, still, while you were here, you did bring a lot. She's in that pantheon of great female characters that come along for a short time period. You think she's there longer and just does a fantastic job. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Still would have loved to see her teach a class with Corey and Sean in it. Yeah, so would I. I really just <laughs> would have loved to see her and Topanga get some time together too. Well, I think they do make it clear that she teaches uh, history, and George Feeney also teaches history, and they have history <laughs> with Feeney. They could have done an episode where she takes over the class for a day because Feeney has mm-hmm. to deal with something like administratively, and that would have been interesting. Like Griff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would have been great. It would. Oh, lost opportunities, Brett. Yeah. But after the cop leaves and, and cat leaves, there's this conversation. <laughs> I love this moment so much. Yeah, so uh, let, let me bring up this clip. Uh, see if I got enough of it for you here. Thanks for covering for me. Corey's folks would have freaked if I showed up with that cop. Oh, like this? Would they have yelled at you like this? Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> Would they have told you how stupid you are for being out so late? Okay, I get your point. No, I don't think you do. Fine, then I'll just get out of your way. I thought you were cooler than that. No, no, I'm not cool at all. In fact, I get real old-fashioned when I see somebody that I care about being brought home by cops. Mr. Turner, do you have to yell? I've had a really rotten night. <laughs> oh, do you see me ballroom dancing here? <laughs> Look, is this going to take all night? Because I got places to be, man. Hunter, you keep heading down this life track you're on, then the places you're going aren't any places you're going to want to be, man. Look, I'm sorry I messed up your night. I, I already messed it up before you got here. You could argue that this is probably the first time we're seeing not Mr. Turner. He is really meeting the real Jonathan Turner. Mm-hmm. The person that truly actually cares about him. And he's still trying to call him Mr. Turner, but he's just like, you you need to realize what's going on. This isn't about class. This isn't about mm-hmm. English. This is about your life and what you're doing. Yeah, because I mean he was just brought to the apartment because he was out with a group of older high schoolers about to graffiti some walls with spray paint. And he, the story he gave the cops was his parents were called away to East Virginia to save a little girl who fell down a blowhole. Yeah. But I also appreciate that for him, he's admitting, like, I already messed the night up. Like, mm-hmm. you just kind of nailed the coffin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that, that moment, it, he manages to transition from yelling at him about what's important to sitting on the couch with him and sharing that, 
you know, it's my night was already wrecked before you got here. It, it wasn't because of you that it was a bad night. You know, he's letting him know, yeah, it was not good you coming here, but you're not the cause of my bad night. It is, it is a really good balancing act. Mm-hmm. I just love how you're you're getting a different dynamic once the two of them are sitting side by side on the couch and a little more equals like. Mm-hmm. That's like he's like, I wish you're this sharp in my class. Well, math is my best subject. I'm your I English teach teacher. teacher. <laughs> well, what are you doing? To- <laughs> what are you doing teaching me math? <laughs> are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> okay. I know we, we, we messed, we made fun of the writers for, you know, everything being, I'm this boy, I'm that boy, but are you kidding me is really sticking around. And I like how it's yeah very firm <laughs> thing in the show. I do like that. Oh, that one was a good stick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I also love how the next scene it's in the kitchen and it's like, Hey, gr- breakfast. And Corey walks down with no Sean and <laughs> they're immediately just like, yeah, he left last night. At nine. It's like, how do you guys know everything? Do you two just know everything, everything all, all the, the time? time. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, it's, I mean, this is not the first time that he's run away from the Matthews house. Oh, yeah. And John comes in the neck and he comes in the door right away. Jonathan, thank you for the phone call. Let us know what's going on in our own house. Where were you last night? Where's the you relax? Corey and Sean upstairs, now. First Sean sneaks out, now Corey's lying to us. When I told Chet I'd take Sean in, I didn't mean forever. When's the last time anybody heard from him? And he backed out the driveway, hit our trash can, says, okay, I'm all right. Uh, again, it's this frustration that they all have of the predicament that this man put them in. Mm-hmm. And how the person who's hurting the most and what they're actually frustrated about is Sean. Yeah. I mean, he's he's at the center of everything, but he is not the cause of everything. Yeah. He is the byproduct of the problem. Mm -hmm. And I I really could be worse. I really wonder at Jonathan's family life growing up uh, because, I mean, we find out more of it later on, but. At this point, he's talking in the kitchen about Sean not being a bad kid, but he relates to him because he knows how easy it is to act up when your family isn't there for you. Yeah. And we find out later on that Jonathan does come from money, but in some ways, the abandonment, it hurts more because you see exactly what you should have right in front of you. Yeah. Well, and unfortunately, there are people that who have a lot of money who believe that their children will be loved because of the things that they give them and aren't getting the time with them that they desperately need. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it breaks my heart more for those kids than the ones that their parents are always around and but they're always struggling. Mm hmm. Either way, my heart always breaks for a teenager who desperately doesn't feel like they're being loved. So regardless, the ones that are hurting are kids like Sean, 
and the kid that Jonathan used to be. Yep. So uh, I do love that Eric walks in and looks like a crazy man who's been outside all, <laughs> I don't know, two days straight. Oh, uh, yeah, but you Slept know in the bushes. Right in the bottom of my hand. He's got Feeny right where he wants him. Wants the weed back. Yeah. <laughs> I love that so much. But Chet calls and, you know, uh, Alan lets him know, hey, this really isn't fair. If you're going to be out longer, you need to be the one to tell Sean. I just did. If if I know Sean, if people are talking about him, he's there listening over their shoulder. Yep. And everyone turns I, around. He's right there on the stairs. As as neglectful as a father as he is, he still knows his kid. Yeah. And, and knew that there's no way that if there was a phone call that he wouldn't be listening in on it. Yeah. And, you know, Sean, Sean heard the whole conversation. You heard Alan sharing that, you know, this has been difficult to adjust to that there have been there have been sacrifices that they've needed to make and that chet has been staying out longer than he was intending to and that he was going to stay out more and he interprets that as no one wants me well i don't need any of you guys Uh, but the amount of teenagers that still to this day feels that Mm -hmm. just one of the things that I know breaks both of our hearts. Yeah. I was just not feeling wanted and not feeling like anyone actually cares if they're there or not mm-hmm. and feeling like they're inconvenience. Yep. It's, it's a, it's a feeling and it's a state of mind that can send teenagers into really dark, bad places. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing that Turner is fearful of, of what road he's going to go down if he continues to feel this way. Yeah, I think he sees exactly where it's going to wind up. And so everyone chases Sean upstairs, but Turner kind of knows what's going to happen. So he goes outside. Fall down a blowhole, did you? (laughs) Not in class. I don't have to listen to you. Where are you going to run now? What do you care? I was beginning to think I didn't care about anything. Yeah, fine, whatever. I gotta go. Yeah, I know. I've been there. Someone reaches out to you and says they care about you. It's easy to run. Look, I'm sure you got a lot of big emotional problems to work through here, but I just need to find a place to sleep, okay? I'll do you one better. How about I give you a home? What, your place? Yeah, my place. For how long? Three weeks and then you get sick of me? Well, I'm sick of you now, Hunter, but I'm still making the offer. (laughs) Why? Because I'm thinking I should do something for somebody else. I think I need that. You're not going to tell me what to do. Somebody's got it. You're not my dad. I'm not trying to be. Look, I'm just offering you a roof and a window to crawl out of. (laughs) Although it is five stories up. (laughs) I like a challenge. So do I. This is one of the best moments in the whole show. Mm-hmm. Because again, it's not his teacher talking to him right now. It's a man who's been through a lot of hurt and feeling like nobody wanted him. And he's trying to make sure that someone else doesn't feel that way. Mm-hmm. It truly is beautiful. It is. And he's not, he's not making empty promises. 
Yeah, you're not going to tell me what to do. Someone needs to. You're not my dad. I'm not trying to be. I'm just yeah. offering you a roof and a window to climb out of. Well, I like how he says, you know, in three weeks, you're going to be sick of me. I'm, I'm sick already sick now, of you. <laughs> but I'm still making the offer. Right. I. It's this understanding that the two of them have with one another that Sean doesn't have with other people. Mm-hmm. And I'm really, it's one of the things that makes me excited about the next season as we talk specifically about the dynamic between Sean and, and Mr. Turner and, and that whole up and down cycle. And it really pushes Sean to not become a new person, but to be a better version of himself. It's almost like for one year, he doesn't have to worry and stress about things that he's always worried and stressed about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that Corey tries to jump after him <laughs> and he <laughs> hurts himself. <laughs> and oh, where yeah. did his uh, treehouse go? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> I think it might oh, officially well. be gone. Probably. I mean, in all honesty, they could have cut it down because it was getting old and decrepit and weren't mm-hmm. going to use it anymore. Yeah, so probably been up there since Eric was a kid. Yeah. Or the writers just forgot there was a treehouse. <laughs> probably more likely, but let's let's headcanon it. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I love that, you know, they're and they're talking about the whole him being a dog and being home sick and home trained and all that jazz and we'll put in a what it looks like. And, uh, you know, I like that they make it clear that there's always room for Sean to come back over to the Matthews house. Like mm-hmm. that door will never be closed or window. Yep. But then we get to the, the end, uh, <laughs> end scene, Brett. And it's one of those classic Feeney and Matt and, uh, Erica. Oh, scenes. yes, it is. You're Satan. I, I didn't clip any of the dialogue here. It was just it was it was going too long. But Feeney oh, does share the three secrets: get a good night's sleep, clear your mind, and trust yourself. Yeah. Well, I mean, Feeney does a good job of explaining what the SAT actually is. Mm-hmm. It's not a test of what you can remember from classes of past. It's what do you know. Can you demonstrate that? Can you put mm-hmm. it on paper? And the score doesn't actually mean anything, really, truly. It's just, can you put it on paper what you know or what you can do? The scholastic aptitude test. Yeah. And I, that's the thing I love about Feeney is he is not just teaching the individual student he's with. He's teaching us, the audience, as well. And... There's so much stress, so much pressure people put on themselves with SATs. And we'll talk about that a little bit Um, (laughs) that, you know, Eric has been experiencing this. If I don't do on the SATs, I will never go to college. I did average on SATs and still went to college. Like it's not there's a lot of schools that, yes, they look at them, but they're not like, oh, my gosh, look at the score. Mm. You know, we cannot accept them. So. Unless you're looking at Ivy Leagues, then it's a lot oh, more yeah. critical. Then they definitely wait those. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, a bachelor's degree from an Ivy League school and a bachelor's degree from a non-Ivy League school, they're the same value. Yes, they are. 
<laughs> also, uh, if you get some community college first before you go to get your four year degree, it still says graduate of that college. <laughs> so, fun fact. And Brett, with that, wow, that's a season. That is a season. <sighs> oh boy, I. I'm kind of floored for a moment, Brett, that we've gotten through two whole seasons and now we're getting into one of the best seasons of the Soul Show. I know. I, I am. I have no words. Wow. Yeah. It's really yellow. <laughs> Where's my lucky pencil? <laughs> oh, no. My luck. Well, before I have too much fun with my mind board, why uh, why, why don't you uh, give us some uh, deep dives on uh, this season finale? People, 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 people. Am I the only one who read the summer reading list? All right. Let's talk about four-month relationships and what type of expectations you could have for them. So one expectation could be the L word, a word that Turner was not willing to use with uh, Miss Tompkins and thus indicating to her of, well, maybe this isn't a real thing. If you're like me, you'll say the L word like after a week of dating. So, you know, it's not necessarily a, a true indicator of if you're going in the right direction. But, you know, if it doesn't naturally come out, I don't know, somewhat quickly, it feel like it makes sense that uh, something's in the way. Or you could be like Penny and need an extra two years to figure it out that you love somebody. There still won't be a huge amount of comfort. What does that mean? One of the things within the four month period, sorry, I was the article I was looking at confused me for a second. But essentially, uh, from what I'm seeing is there's still kind of this uneasiness in your relationship. And that's OK. Like you're not really figuring out things like directly like but you're also not like. Like, you don't know all the people's stories yet, so you're not just like, oh my gosh, this story again, you know? Just that kind of balance still of, like, still learning about the other person and, like, not knowing, like, everything just yet and truly being, like, comfortable, comfortable, comfortable. So, hopefully by this point, you've met their friends. You know, if you have some really close friends and they've not met your significant other by this point, what type of relationship are you actually having? Now, luckily for me, my best friend is my wife, so if I get a girlfriend, they'd have no choice but to meet my wife. <laughs> That's a joke. You may or may not have met family yet. You know, some people, depending upon how close they are or what time of the holiday it is, maybe they brought them around their family. Maybe they haven't been able to do that just yet. So I'll give you two more. So uh, one thing is that you see each other regularly. You know, when you've been with someone long enough, like four months, you should kind of get familiar with their schedule and when they can and can't talk. And even if you're long distance, like you should know, like roughly when you should be able to interact with that person. And I mean, my wife and I were long distance. So like we had no choice but to be familiar with each other's schedules and when we could call each other, when we had to text each other, you know, all those fun things. And the last is that you may or may not have been to that person's home. You know, how has Jonathan Turner been to Miss Tompkins' home? His, does she only ever come over to his apartment? We don't know that for sure, but maybe they have, maybe they haven't. So who knows? But I do think the L word is a love is a big one there, Brett, because uh, if you haven't said I love you to someone by four months, do you actually love that person? Like romantically, not in a sense of uh, just liking the person. 
All right, so let's go with some statistics about pets and uh, being lost, shall we? So uh, approximately 6.3 million companion animals enter U.S. animal shelters nationwide every year. Of those, approximately 3.1 million are dogs and 3.2 are cats. We uh, estimate that the number of dogs and cats entering the U.S. shelter annually has declined from approximately 7.2 million in 2011 and has been one of the biggest declines of dogs. Approximately 4.1 million uh, shelter animals are adopted each year, 2 million dogs and uh, 2.1 million cats. Approximately 810,000 animals who enter the shelter uh, are strays and return to their animals. Of those, 710 are dogs and 100,000 are cats. I think the unfortunate part about cats specifically is so many of them look like so many other cats. So it's hard to it's hard to figure out who's who. Like, you know, my cat, if he gets lost and someone tries to turn him in, it's not wearing his collar. Like, good luck if I'll ever be able to get him back. Did my pizza plate taste good, cat? As you lick it, you weirdo. Let's talk about SATs. Stress when it comes to the SATs. This is a test like no other. There is no good way to approach it to study. There are no real ways to study for the SATs. That makes it very stressful for students to try and overcome the anxiety of the test. Cobbled uh, status this test is huge and you have a limited uh, time for each section. Essentially, there's a pretty decent article about uh, stress in the SATs, but the main juxtaposition of the whole thing is that because it's a test that tests your aptitude, you know, a lot of the ways in which nowadays and even when I was in school, the way we did test was here's the information. We now give you the information. You now regurgitate the information. Here is the study guide. Here is the way for you to prepare, blah, blah, blah. And you can't fully do that with the SATs. Like I had teachers that would give like, here are questions that have showed up on SATs in the past. You know, those type of things, those, those things get released. But apparently there are nine tips to uh, doing well on the SATs other than just the three. So the first is to create an SAT study schedule. Basically, have a set time when you study. And if you're not supposed to be studying for it at that time, don't be studying for it at that time. Uh, use quality prep materials. Increase your reading speed. Target the mistakes you can control. Come to the test day prepared. Great help. Answer the questions you know first. And I have to say, this one and the next one, eliminate the incorrect answers. Those are by far my two favorite things when I was taking tests once upon a time to do was make sure I know the ones I know. Okay, I know this answer. I'm solid. I'm, I know I'm good to go. And then just making sure as you go to the ones you don't fully know. Okay, well, what, what can I eliminate? What do I know for sure is not the answer? And you do get into those 50-50s, but at least you have a much better chance answering a 50-50 right than a 25% chance. So I'll always take those odds. When I was doing my CDL, you can, for those tests, skip the ones you don't want to do. You can push them back to later. And every now and then, if you're doing well on some of the tests, you get to a point where you're like, oh, I passed the test and I have to look at the ones that I didn't even do well. So 
Last ones are don't leave any questions blank. Sometimes you have to guess and that's okay. They're not looking for how you got there. They're quite often just looking for what's the answer. So take the chance of instead of a zero chance of getting the right score and 25%, there's a big difference between those two. The big one that was communicated to me once upon a time, and I never did it, and I kind of wish I did, but you know, take the SATs more than once. One of the things that a teacher told us was, hey, when you take the SATs, it's a, a cumulative thing. So if you do well on the math for one portion, but not do well in English, and the next time do well in the English, but not so good in the math, they'll take the best score and then give you the top scores. And so my one teacher, who's a math guy, he said, I took it three times. One time when I was a sophomore, twice when I was a junior, and I felt comfortable and I didn't feel like I needed to do it as a senior. It's not a bad idea to do it multiple times and just get it over mm-hmm. with. Honest to goodness, someone could take it their freshman year if they really wanted to. Yep. SATs, important, but, you know. Not everything. Yeah. So, vandalism, Brett, it's kind of a big deal. From a legal website, this is what it says. Vandalism of churches and schools. Pennsylvania law is tough on people who vandalize schools and churches. The state created a separate crime called the institutional vandalism that provides for harsher penalties. A person commits uh, the offense of institutional vandalism if they knowingly desecrate, vandalize, deface, or otherwise damage property belonging to a church, school, or cemetery. You can also run afoul of this law by damaging any personal property located in one of these facilities. So essentially, dear listeners, no matter how angry you get with your school, be careful if you ever destroy anything, spray paint anything, because that could be (laughs) a lot of bad for you, and legally they have the right to do that. So, word to the wise. I had one more, but I'm going to save that till next year, Brett, because that becomes a much bigger topic of hand. So, yeah, those are our deep dives for today. All right. Well, hold on. Sorry. I'm sorry. Before we forget, we had three different cast members both recurring and semi-recurring who have finally left. We said goodbye to both of them, but I just want to give one more farewell to all of our cast members who will not be joining us again next school year. And again, thank you for your services. And you're always welcome to join this podcast. That's right. You may not be (laughs) on the show, but you're forever in our hearts. Forever. And now let's get to them grades. Uh, Well, we're going to talk about what we learned first. What did we learn, Brett? You know anything about the Odyssey? Huh? Did I say you could talk? I didn't teach you that. My friend Mr. Matthews will lead the discussion. Do I have to draw you a picture? What did we learn, Tyler? We'll talk about what I learned first. That way you don't uh, have to go first. We learned that uh, the line between teacher and uh, adult that cares is very, very uh, tough situation to be in. Yes. Um. I, I, I'll just say this is a, a great reminder of of lines that you are willing to cross for the right reasons mm-hmm. and, and and changing the dynamics as you feel you need to with a certain person and and making sure it's appropriate, you know, for for Turner to advocate for Sean to move in with him now is fine if Turner 
had started the school year and looked at Sean and said, I want you to move into my place. That would be weird. But he's Just had a, 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 a year of being his teacher. He's had time with him, knowing of when you need to to make those calls and and to be wise in them. And and even again, Feeney is perplexed with this. It doesn't mm-hmm. know what the right thing to do is. He just wants uh, Turner to be wise and to to be careful. Mm-hmm. And even next year when we, we get back into this, he's like, hey, you know, be careful. Like, don't yep. set yourself up to to hurt yourself. Yep. Yeah. Uh, What'd you learn, Brett? That four months is too soon to drop the album. <laughs> Really? Is that what you learned, Brett? <laughs> no. Um, I, not necessarily a learning a lesson, but really we talked last episode about it being really an incomplete episode without this one. And between last episode and this episode, it really just uh, reminded me of just how much my own heart breaks for teenagers and even young adults who are yearning for that stability for that that parental figure or even just a sense of home of their own and i mean i i'm not in full-time ministry any longer i'm i'm not even actively volunteering right now um but uh, i i see that even just in passing right now and it's I'm, i'm not in a position to offer that i'm not you know, you, you mentioned day one, episode one, it'd be really inappropriate for Mr. Turney to tell Sean, I want you to move in with me. You know, I, I'm at that stage with, you know, seeing all of these teenagers that I would see that in now. So I don't have that. Yeah, I, I don't have that relationship to be able to speak into that. But that doesn't mean it doesn't break my heart to see that it doesn't mean it doesn't encourage me to want to do something um so really it's it's really just a reminder of this episode last episode of that's that's something that that's big in my own heart yeah all right yeah so now we can talk about grades i'm right no you're exactly right so am i done with my education can i go so i'll let you go first since uh you know, last last episode was incomplete without this one. I mean, this is just such a solid episode. And I mean, I'm going to say it like this. This is also incomplete because we're finishing the, the story. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like in fairness to last episode, I have to give this episode also a B plus. Because again, this... It almost feels like this should have been a two-part episode, mm-hmm. like a truly a true a, a real two-part episode, where it's career day, and then almost like they skip forward a week, and Sean's getting antsy after a week, and because honestly, I feel like Sean is the type of character who, after a few days, would start to feel this way. So it it seems like the the writers did an injustice to him and in saying that he lasted three weeks and now he's going crazy out of nowhere. Like it just feels like this should have been like one solid long episode because all the storylines are continuing through. Mm-hmm. There's nothing truly new about this other than the conclusion. Yep. 
So B plus. It's a great episode, Brett, but they they messed up in the way they structured this up episode. Yep, I can see that. Um, I'm going to stick with an A for this one. Um, just in that, I really like what they do with with uh, with Jonathan's through line for this. Um, between him and all of the wisdom that he gets from Feeney and the guidance with what he goes through with cat. That wasn't the commitment he was supposed to be making at this point in his life with Sean and looking for the stability and the home that he needs as great a home as the Matthews can provide, that's not the home that he needs right now. Right. And clearly he's not going to find the home that he needs with Chet right now. I mean, the writers, yeah, they, they could have done better. They could have structured it better. Um, but the strength of these two characters throughout the 22 minutes here are enough for me to, to land this with a solid A. That's fair. I mean, last week you convinced me to change my grade, Brett, and I have to say this week, doggone it, I'm sticking with the B+. (laughs) All right. So where's my dad joke? (laughs) I don't want to say the words I wanted to say because then you'll have it on record, but, you know. You know what I could be saying right now, Brett. Uh, I'll, let you, I'll let your brain imagine what I'm telling you. Anywho, I do have a dad joke. You're Satan. Go. Cat, I, I, I just, you take a compliment worse than any woman I've ever met. All right. So here we go. Brett, I got a question for you. Okay. Is there anything worse than when it's raining cats and dogs? Uh, I used to know this one. What? <laughs> yes. Hailing taxis. <laughs> well, good looking people. That is season two. Season two. That's right. Season two is in the books. And remember... They want you to take the rules! (laughs) You can reach out to us on social media at Dads Meet World across Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Email us at dadsmeetworld at gmail.com. Uh, you can pick up a lovely shirt, sticker, magnet, or more at dadsmeetworld.threadless.com. And by gum, you can uh, do all kinds of stuff that I can't think of at the moment because my brain is mush. <laughs> mush. Mush it is. Well, Tyler, that is season two. That is season two, Brett. Yes, I probably said that already, but I can't <laughs> hey, think of anything Hey, did we mention that was season two? <laughs> yes, did I say that already? It's season two. Yeah, good looking people. <laughs> we'll see you next week. And oh, do you see me ballroom uh, dancing here? Season three next week, but 
I'm sure we'll have something good for you regardless next week. So well, we'll probably do a season two recap. We got to, you know, we, we did one after season one, gave our grades and everything. And you we got to do it again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think I've got some fun things in, in mind for it. <gasps> so you have fun things. I have fun things. All right. Well, then I think we should do that. <laughs> Come back next week for fun things. Yes. <laughs> I always hit the one with a really amorous music. <laughs> All right, good looking people. We love you. Thank you so much. See you, good looking. I want you to take the rolls. <laughs> you know, how can I learn so much every week and still be so stupid? <laughs> Find Dad's Meat World on Facebook, Twitter, and probably a few other places just by searching for Dad's Meat World. Dad's Meat World is a production of Head First Studios. Head First Studios, tell your story. Well, come back. Don't go to sleep on me now. Oh, you jerk. Just disappeared on me. I'll have to send you this article. This picture they have in here makes me really grossed out. And now Tyler, who has taken a comically large bite of pizza, is going to take it away. So, yeah. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) So... We start this episode in the boys' room. Why are you taking so many screenshots? That's two. Anywho, so yeah, just um, uh, so each year, approximately nine. Nope, I don't want to read that one. That's a sad one. Uh, <laughs> All right, I need to check out my pizza real quick. Okay. But if you want to hit us with that synopsis, that's probably a wise choice.